Oh, I'm not live yet. Good morning. We're live, 8 a.m., the Sevon Podcasts with all six listeners. Do you know why we do it live? I don't know why we do it live. I know one reason. I know two reasons. Because someone told me I was a sissy for not going live, and the second reason was, is because uh, we get better audio, I think, and the third reason is, is it leaves less for me to do in post-production. Which brings me to my first rant of the morning before we have Craig Howard on from Diablo CrossFit. You guys ready? I need help with this show, and I need it for someone who gives a shit, like who really gives a shit, not someone who just does lip service. Good morning, Craig. Hey, good morning. And there's no money. Okay? What? Say it again. Can you hear me? You sound great. Oh, excellent. Jerry rigged situation here. Well, you look like, are you comfortable? I'm in a, I'm in my garage in my house because my wife sleeps in on uh, Monday mornings. So what a great, and my daughter, what a great morning to sleep in on. I know, right? She works uh, in the afternoon from, at the gym from one until probably about nine o'clock at night. So this is her morning. I did a podcast with Craig Howard. Uh, I'm going to guess in 2018 on the CrossFit podcast. If you want to know about Craig in, in any of these subjects that we might just glance over today, you should listen to that podcast. It's fascinating. He's one of the first affiliates. He's probably now in 2021 got to be one of the oldest affiliates, I would guess. Um, yeah. He lived, uh, we, we lived close to each other. We used to live even closer to each other. My, when I say close, less than 100 miles. And so when I worked for CrossFit in 2007 and 8, his was the gym that we would go to to harvest content to show on .com a lot. And so that's how Craig and I met. And his story is a pretty, the pretty typical story. Uh, start working out, find just a shithole. I mean, literally, he, his first gym was in a shithole. And then he stuck it out and he's got a massive gym in one of the, nicest areas in the in the world except for the people <laughs> and i and i mean that i don't throw that around loosely where it hit that location he's in a in a climate where literally you can grow anything and you're close to the snow and you're close to some of the greatest beaches in the world so That's true yeah, thank you <laughs> yeah cool. Bene- lucky benefits where to start uh craig is a father he's an affiliate owner He's a former games, not only games athlete, games winner. What 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 did you win? You won what, which masters class did you win? It it was uh, the masters uh, fifty to five uh, age group or fifty to fifty four age group in two thousand thirteen when the uh, pool was a little smaller than it is today, but uh, I'm still uh, home. How old are you now? Um, I'm fifty eight years old now. Holy and, shit! You look good, dude. Hey, thank you. <laughs> You're there. You are sitting in a garage at 58, looking 48. Incredible. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, I owe that. I owe that to eating right and CrossFit and having a awesome wife that, <laughs> that does most of my cooking. And Craig no, has either knows or has known everybody from the. Um, he, he's he's seen it all and he's been everywhere. He knows Greg, he knows Rosa, he knows he's he's interacted with everyone in between, the lowest men on the totem pole, the highest men on the totem pole. He knows the photographers at CrossFit, he knows the secretaries, he knows the CEOs. 
I mean, he has been around and he is active. He's not just um, in his, he's not just CrossFit Diablo. He is a uh, CrossFitter through and through trying to forward the, um, the, the methodology, the lifestyle. He sees it as a good thing for the planet. And he didn't have to do this. He was a successful uh, guy who makes money turn into other money. He used yeah. to breed money in a, in a previous lifetime. Yeah, I worked in the uh, worked in the investment industry for uh, you know, almost 30 years. And, uh, and started Diablo while I was in that industry is almost a, well, primarily because we, um, my old partner and I found uh, CrossFit, fell in love with it, and wanted to share it with other people, and we, and we wanted a place where we could do it without, you know, having to try to search for. We wanted wanted a place where we could drop weights, where we could climb fifteen foot ropes, those kinds of things. And it was, you know, it, it, so it was a, just one of those things we started, you know, help ourselves and then share it with other people, um, which is cool. We also we, <laughs> we put it we put it on the old CrossFit message boards. And then uh, we, my partner at the time um, started a blog and we posted, hey, come work out with us. And we had a karma jar where people could help throw in some cash for expenses. And it really just primarily because the methodology works so well. I had, you know, I had done powerless, done bodybuilding stuff. I had even done, done a number of marathons and triathlons. And this one was like, wow, man, you could do it so quick and so easily and you're never bored. And it's hard as shit. <laughs> you had a karma jar in that first gym that I visited you in, the one that was just that steel box? Yes. Uh, the plastic. And I forget what. Oh, you know what it was? It was uh, the jar was uh, from uh, those, those Italian cookies that you get at Costco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was what that plastic was from. It was big one of those big plastic bottles and that's, and people would just throw money in and they give us checks and that kind of stuff. Wow. And and so it was just, it was just on the honor system. How long did you guys do that? Um, We did that for about, I want to say about before. That's incredible. Before it became unwilling. Meaning we just, you know, some people were putting a lot, some people putting a little, but it was, we, we were getting too many people coming in. So we decided to set up a membership um, a membership system and a, uh, um, uh, software system. I, I, the way I remember it, and it's probably different is, is it was, it, it, it was a, um, made out of like corrugated rusted steel. It looked like it should have been torn down. It had really yeah. high ceilings, um, zero insulation. The walls were probably less than a quarter of an inch thick pro- uh, ceilings that were probably right. 20 or 30 feet high. It was yeah. all – it was like brown because the whole thing was rusted. So you're telling me that that was basically your a giant garage gym you rented out and then people could just come and work out and then just like put like a vending machine, throw some money in this yeah. plastic jar with a hole in it. Yeah. We would – and we had scheduled <laughs> awesome. times. We kind of co- coordinate to get together. And the best was we actually have some video footage of this. Of all coordinate to get together that's that's uh what classes used to be called yeah that's a class <laughs> yeah. okay and we would come together it was great because we have a we have a couple videos of, of showing this we literally would sit around with a whiteboard on the floor and write you know okay would you would you would you do yesterday would you do yesterday okay we won't do that we won't do pull-ups we won't do that okay here's the workout <laughs> we come up with stuff that we didn't do everybody hadn't done the day before 
um, and just kind of throw random stuff together, um, you know, random, but that CrossFit, you know, the heart and soul of CrossFit, the methodology constantly varied. You know, you're getting old when you're, when your CrossFit's the opposite of that. My CrossFit's the opposite of that. It's like, okay, what did I do yesterday? Push-ups, pull-ups, assault bike, air squats. Okay, I'll do that for the next 30 days. <laughs> right, short-term I, I, I feel okay. CrossFit. Yes. Um, and and uh, so when, when did you first affiliate? Uh, we affiliated uh, in 2006. Um, we, we launched in 2005, but our affiliation date is 2006. And when you launched in 2005, did you just call yourself CrossFit? Yeah, we called ourselves, we applied and called ourselves uh, Diablo CrossFit. And I think the affiliate and the, the affiliation came through. Actually, you know what? I, uh, I take that back. Um, I wasn't affiliated until 2000. I wasn't certified L1 until 2006. We affiliated in November 2005. That's what it was. And I, when I, I didn't find CrossFit until 2006. And when I started there at the end of 2006, there were, I think less than 300 gyms in the world, which would mean that you are currently got it. I would guess maybe one of the top 10 gyms, oldest gyms. I think we are now gyms that are gyms that are around Um, at the, at the time we signed up, I think we were like 52, uh, number 52. Um, and, um, most many of those are no longer affiliated or closed or were um and, and i heard curtis bowler's the oldest gym now but i wonder if that's really a gym or if he's just holding on to the name I and mean, he's <laughs> it's just a garage at his house i mean because he's crossfit through and through i mean you cut him open and it, he bleeds crossfit for sure yeah there's a there's it's that uh that literally have kind of shut down their major operations but want to hang on to their affiliation which is a neat thing i mean it's 15 and uh, years or, doing this is is a long time and do you still pay that original affiliate fee um i do pay the affiliate fee i don't brag about it um because it's one of those things where i feel like and it's a 500 hundred dollar fee for those who want to know but um but i i get a hell of a lot more value out of it. and i've even had conversations with crossfit to talk about the um paying them more and, uh the the I want to I want to say this is true about every affiliate, but I don't know. But in the in in the years that I worked there, you brought um, maybe CrossFit should have paid you to be an affiliate. You were an exemplary affiliate who brings so, so much value to the name. I mean, That's you guys keep it real. Um, it, it's it's health first. Um, you can be a games athlete there, but you also have the. Um, you also, you also, you, yeah, you're, you're a leader, you're a leader in the community and you, there's, you have people there who couldn't lay down and couldn't stand up on their own. And now they're, yeah. you, you've given them their life back. So, I mean, you've done it all. I, I want to start with a, a story or I want to tell a story and you can totally change it when I'm done. Cause I don't know if it's true. It's just how I remember it. I was working at CrossFit and, uh, the CEO at the time and Bruce Edwards, the, um, operations officer, uh, I found out that they were going to visit you and this is around 2017 or 18. They were going to visit you in Pleasanton, California, where your gym was at the time. And they were going to drive up. Pleasant, 
Pleasant Hill. That's the only thing I would say. Pleasant Hill, California at the time. Yeah. And um, they were driving up there. And basically, before they went up there, they thought that you were going to tell them you had some investment opportunities, that it was some business idea you were going to present to them, something really big. And they were excited to go up there. And this was right at the exact same time that Greg had changed the – and this is prior to me doing the CrossFit podcast. Greg had started change – or maybe I was doing the podcast. But anyway, either way, Greg had basically told us, hey, we're no longer just going to focus on tip of the spear. Before then, Greg CrossFit had only, only wanted to focus on tip of the spear. And for those of you who don't know what that means, Greg's th- plan was, hey, let's sell a program – he would never use that word sell. Let's share a program for free to the world that makes people the healthiest, fittest, and makes their lives the longest. And if, they're, and, and, and if their job, if their life depends in their job, if their life depends on their fitness, this fitness program will save their lives. And he said, but this program is for like people who are um, non-ambulatory, not mobile. They can, it can be scaled infinitely, but we won't talk about that until you first get your foot in the door because it's always easy to backfill. We sell to Navy SEALs, Olympians, and pro athletes, and then we backfill because if you're like Richard Simmons, even though you might have a good program, and those of you who don't know who Richard Simmons is, look him up. Um, if you're if you're if you're on the front end, you're showing the world that you you take a hundred pounds off of obese housewives, you're not going to get Navy SEALs to do it. So his plan was is to focus on the tip of the spear, and then once you if you scratch the surface of CrossFit, you'll see that that's not just what it's about. It's actually for everyone. But basically, um, we'll we'll shoot a cannon. But if you come into our, if you scratch the surface, you'll see we also have little um, pea shooters, and and we have everything. We have every kind of gun. So, um, so at that point, 2017, 18, Greg said, "Hey, I want you guys to start focusing on the other end of the spear." And we're like, "What's that?" He goes, "I want you to really start catering on the front end to obese people and super unhealthy people." And there was enormous pushback at CrossFit HQ. I mean, everybody. Everybody, the dipshit CEO we had, the great Dave Castro, Nicole Carroll, myself, everyone, all the way down, all the executives were pushing back. This is crazy. We're going to destroy the brand. We're going to destroy the brand value. Greg wanted us to put people who are 100 pounds overweight, overhead squatting on the front end. Nuts. Crazy. He wanted us to really, really start pushing scaling. He wanted us to show us old people working on it. It was nuts. But after about a year, um, we started doing it, and it basically came down to I was in a meeting with all the executives, and Greg looked at me and goes, I've been telling you to do this for a fucking year, and you haven't, and I better see it today. And I fucking went into Leif Edmondson's office, who was the head publisher for CrossFit Inc., and I said, hey, we got to start changing shit. And we started doing transformative stories every single week. 10 to 20 minute videos of people whose lives had been profoundly changed by CrossFit, by weight loss. So there was this huge change. Okay, so so that was happening, and we saw a skyrocket in every single metric at .com. Journal sales skyrocketed, L1 sales skyrocketed, and we re we re we started talking about the L1 as the cure for chronic disease and the uh, uh, operating manual for the human human genome and we started talking about um it being the cure for type 2 diabetes we really just started and greg was really frustrated and he blamed himself that we had a hundred thousand trainers out there to make the fittest people in the world but they also didn't all they weren't all acutely aware that they also had the cure for chronic disease so he wanted to let them all know that that's what they had hey that's not only a chair you're sitting on but you can pick it up and break it over someone's head Get what I'm saying? That chair is also a weapon. This L1 is not only to make Craig Howard's win the games in 2013, but it can also save your grandma from getting Alzheimer's. Okay, so they go up there to visit Craig Howard in Pleasant Hill, California at this beautiful, fantastic, uber-successful gym he has. And Craig sits them down, and he says to them – this is the story I hear – and he says to them, hey, I, I was planning on de-affiliating. 
because I just wasn't didn't think I was getting the value out of CrossFit that I wanted. And then something really strange happened the other day. And they said, what? And they, Greg said, uh, someone came into my gym and they were uh, over 100 pounds overweight. And um, I had them lie down in the prone position and they couldn't stand up. And in my 15 years of whatever, owning a CrossFit gym or doing CrossFit, I had never had to coach someone to stand up. And I believe that it was the media that you guys are making that made this person feel comfortable to come to my gym. And I really appreciate that and the new look on clientele and the, and basically the new purpose in life you're giving us by letting us now re- help really sick people. So so the CEO and, 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 and Bruce came back and I don't know if they were disappointed that <laughs> – that Craig didn't wasn't sharing them a half billion dollar idea that they thought he was going to share, and he was just saying he wasn't going to deaffiliate. But I was profoundly touched by that. Is that story true? Y- yes. Um, the S- most of the elements of that story are true. There's a, just some minor details um, related to it that 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 differ. Um, we we had considered with along with. A- affiliates uh, deaffiliating the reason being that we weren't that the, the brand had become Diablo Diablo that had become um, so well known in our area that we didn't necessarily need to have our line with the CrossFit brand um, and that's what say that again had, say that one more time say that one more time so uh, we had established ourselves so well in our area our geographic area um, that we didn't need to rely on or or be associated necessarily with the CrossFit brand in order to be successful. Okay. And the Cross and the CrossFit brand represent um, an entity that we couldn't necessarily control that could affect our brand, uh, our our day to day business, um, with you know uh, at any moment um, negatively or positively. And we had the opportunity to you know we and we considered should we how do we manage that? Could we remove ourselves from the cross of brand? You know, can't, that, that we don't have to worry about that variable or do we, uh, or do we continue to align with it? And especially with the change in the marketing direction that CrossFit was taking, but we, um, in the other part of it, we were doing these transformations. Um, they became very popular in terms of helping people or helping affiliates grow their business transformation. And uh, it, a, a lot of affiliates were doing it. As a matter of fact, Tommy Hackenbrook was the one who reached out to me. Uh, we had a, an, I had. So you're saying when we started doing it at CrossFit, you had already started doing that. So it was more uh, like we right. were finally aligning with some of the leading affiliates as opposed to, okay, that's good for me to hear. Yeah. Cause this whole time I thought it was just all us leading the way. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it basically was, uh, we had, we had watched what you guys were doing and, and saw the value of it and jumped on board. Is another way to say I, I, it. Yeah, yeah, is another way to say it. Um, I think that we just kind of mutually arrived at the same conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. And, uh, I'm okay with either way. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a very, very humble, arrogant man. <laughs> what Tommy and his team found out is that you can market the transformation methodology and, and drive a lot of people to your business. Um, and and what was amazing was the the life stories, and, and it was and it was eighty percent women that were coming and you, and we had to interview them and then, which is weird because it's usually 80% men who are coming and it's the women who are complaining. Oh, and that, and that was, that's what was cool. That was um, a great joke. You guys, even though Craig's pretending he didn't get it, that was a great joke. (laughs) They came in, they'd sit out in these interviews to see if they qualified and they try to sell you on why they wanted it, why they did 
Biden's program. And that was almost uncomfortable for us at first. But the stories that we would hear, I personally I personally did, I literally probably 300, 400 of those interviews over a two-year period of time, was that um, they, um, they felt uncomfortable um, in gyms. They didn't have the time because they were taking care of others, um, their kid, their children, spouses. They didn't come because their friends and their spouse, uh, their spouses and their family made them feel uncomfortable or uh, for being selfish for going to the gym. These stories that you heard, like I, I cried in several of these meetings, um, and it was amazing to have them and then be a part of other people, be a part of a group of similar people in a similar situation. So that woman that, um, that you were referring to that, uh, Jeff Kane talked about, um, weighed probably 400 pounds and she was Samoan descent, um, super kind woman. And she, um, we, uh, with the, the part of the introductory processes, we all have, we have them all sit on the floor and we sit with them and we talk about the program. The, this is the first, the, this is the first class talk about the program that we're going to do and how we're going to, um, um, uh, work out, you know, what we think about nutrition, all of those, those things. When we went to sit down, she leaned in. Uh, I can't sit down because if I sit down on the floor, I won't be. Up. And I, to me, I was like, no, 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 don't, don't worry. You know, my coach is here, you know, you, 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 everything, everything we find. And I go, if, if you want to sit in a chair, it's fine. She goes, no, I'll try. So she sat down on the floor. We talked. And then we, I said, okay, let's get up. We're going to move into the uh, other up. And she looked and she had this panic look and I literally started sweating. I'm like, okay, oh crap. And so I, I said, here, let me give you a hand. And I put my hand out to grab her and I went to pull. And if anybody's pulled dead weight, 400 pounds, not like a deadlift, but I, I literally felt like I, would, I might damage her or her arm or her hand. And I went to pull and I couldn't lift. And then I really got nervous. I'm like, Oh crap. I had never been in a suit where I couldn't get someone off the floor. Now, someone very, very heavy. My coach, thank goodness, Kyle Zosiah, um, at the time, um, stepped in and said, Hey, can you, can you turn over on your side? And she goes, yeah, I turn over on her side. And he goes, can you get on off? Yes. She got on all fours. And then she pushed herself up onto her knees and then she stood up and the women, the other women that were there, was like eight or 10 other women there because it was class of 12 started cheering and she had got this big old smile on her face and I was just I, I was completely relieved literally completely relieved and it was and she got her first wad in yeah she got her first workout in she she ended up moving really well by the end of it she was great um and and so that to me was just a kind of a uh uh revolutionary m- moment in my thinking that man we've got work to do and and it and you know how functional is getting up off off, off the floor? Um, Can I ask you a question that's off topic a little yeah. bit? Sure. I really like The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Sure. He's cool. His Instagram is sweet. He talks to his phone. He's yeah. half black and half Samoan. Yeah. He's really fit. He's got an Armenian wife. He's a father. And during this um, last two years, I don't know what to call these last two years, he released a tequila, an energy drink, and an ice cream. Yeah. And I really don't care what race or ethnicity someone is. I mean, I like the fact that I got 
you know, the half Jew, half Armenian kids. I think that's just cool as shit. Just like Great Danes are cool, you know? Like, there's, I just think, I just am happy. Do you you think that that's, I mean, I don't know, I don't know the Rock's position, but are you okay with someone like that who's like so, how do you, how do you, you had a client who is Samoan, you have those people who are trapped on an island who are basically being, I mean, not that your client, but, but, allow me to kind of swerve around a little bit. You have these people who are trapped on these islands out in the middle of the, of the ocean. Um, they probably love their lives and they're being influenced hugely by Western culture and what they eat and their lifestyle. And, and that you have the biggest guy, the, the, the most famous, kindest, coolest guy in the world selling them tequila, um, ice cream and energy drinks. Like, is that okay? I mean, I know it's a free market. You were, you were, you're an investment yeah, he, guy. Like, like, how do you, yeah. how does someone like that? I mean, we know those people. If you look at, and if you look at um, deaths from this current situation, those islands are all at the top. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Go look. They're all, those islands are all at the top. And then go look at their obesity rates. Those, like, there's 20 islands you've never heard of that are countries that are all at the top. They're his people. Right. Uh, he's an opportunist and, and it's, uh, you know, having very little in a difficult family situation, as I understand it, to to rise to popularity and influence, and he's obviously leveraging that um, that window of time in Hollywood where he's capturing um, the attention of so many people um, to gain as much, um, I think, uh, reap as much reward as he can. And I understand that mentality. It's the it's and I'm sure he's got a thousand people, a thousand other celebrities telling him they you know, make hay while the sun shines because that window can close. Um, that said, um, um, I, if I'm having, if I have ice cream, I won't take a picture of it. If I go out with others, I'm conscientious of what um, um, I eat and display that I eat. It, um, I don't send a mixed message and, uh, and not I'm, that I'm you're very, being fake, but you're aware of no, your influence. That's correct. And, and you understand, uh, and you also appreciate sort of the peer pressure. You're comfortable with the peer pressure. Yes. And I, so I, the answer to you, it, no, I don't. And, um, you don't and, what it, it, I, I don't agree with, um, his choices. Yeah, his choices um, in the promotion of those, uh, the beverages, the tequila, I mean, alcoholism in this country and alcohol has, in general, has contributed, you know, the massive, you know, increase in obesity in this country over the, especially over the last two years where it's accelerated and people are forced indoors. Um, I wonder what else he could sell that, I mean, I want him to be rich as fuck. I want him to be happy. I really enjoy that he promotes his workouts and the intensity in the gym and how and uh, how yeah. essential to his success. I love that, and uh, and I I'm, sh- I'm certain that he probably consciously thinks that that's uh, you know that's the balance. Um, but he's you know his tequila has become the number one selling tequila in the country, and is you know he's he's a powerful marketing machine. And he's and cool. Do you think he's yeah. cool? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I love his movies and, you know, he has nice skin. He smiles a lot, (laughs) but Islanders in particular, you're right, are an an at-risk population and Hawaii in general has a, has 
um, per capita obesity crisis. Oh, dude! If you if you type in a fattest countries in the world, it's it's all those, it's all those countries. All the 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 uh, what's that Disney movie? Maui. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's all those. It's all those countries. Right. It's crazy. And, it, and, and it's not. And, and I don't want to hear anything about it being genetics and blah 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 blah. Shut the fuck up. It, I know what it is. It's McDonald's and Frappuccinos. I know exactly what it is because I see those people in in my local Starbucks. For breakfast, um, they get a venti caramel frappuccino. Sorry, Trenta, Trenta. And it's the, the, that's education information. Um, it's you know it it, it it's a repeti- repetitive repetitive me- a positive messaging that's necessary to influence change. Um, what's what's the part that's sad is the is the kids, and you, you know you set them up on a course if if they're obese as children, you the, the it is. I think five to 10 times more difficult for someone that has been obese as a, as a child. Um, it's, it's a harder struggle. First of all, they don't have anything mentally to relate to. They don't have a, a place that they've been or where they understand what it feels like, looks like, and all of those things. And two, physiological, um, more fat cells are, you know, earned, you know, before age, what would it be before age, like 11, um, than any time, you know, human development. And so now you've got more fat cells that are able to gather and store more fat. Like you, it's just a, it's a terrible recipe for disaster. And, and the influence on children is, is significant. You know, you can say tequila, you can say the Zoa drink is, you know, targeted for sugar free. It's sugar free. It's sugar free. But man, the reality is, is much different. Um, what do you think about this? What do you think about this thing? And, and for those of you who don't know, uh, you should check out um, Diablo CrossFit's Instagram, and you should check out Craig's Instagram, and you should scroll back if you don't follow him. I'm sure. I'm guessing most of you guys do already follow him. He's basically been at the forefront of, of four affiliates for keeping his gym open and continuing to spread health during a time when um, policies are spreading sickness. And and that's not hyperbole. That's not my opinion. The facts are out. Well, 40% of Americans have gained more than 30 pounds. Um, childhood obesity is uh, running rampant. And, and, and you can – this is the worst thing that can happen to a society is fat children. It's worse than the spread of AIDS. It's worse than the spread of black flu. It's worse than – like when you have obesity spreading in children, you have – this is this is worse than any virus. This is really, really, really bad people and for two reasons because one, it becomes a huge – we need people to be contributing to society. But – and I know so many people are going to hate me for this, but it's the truth. Obese people, all, it also affects your brain in the way you think. If your brain is swimming in insulin, you are not thinking clearly. You're ba- you are not a fucking sane person. Sorry. Go ahead, Craig. Well, it, those things with a, in the last two years, a culture of tolerance and acceptance and inclusion, um, it, it's, it becomes more wow. difficult to, to people to change. Wow. God. It's funny. I knew I've never heard it worded just like that. I like you just, you just like, so it's, Oh man, it's it's a, it's a gasoline it's a gasoline fire and pouring gasoline on it to put it out. It becomes offensive to challenge people to or to to encourage people to 
to change to that would affect their health or or at first it affect their appearance because telling me to be thin but even if you know and if you tell people hey no i want you to be healthy they say yeah but what you're really saying is you want me to be thin for you and and man that's it makes you want to give up yeah it's it's i am I, I do a lot of posts uh, uh, basically saying that things along this line that, you know, the average age of a death from uh, from COVID is 80 years old and 40 uh, percent of them have been in nursing homes where the average life expectancy is 13.7 months. And we've been doing the, and there's 1.4 million of those people in nursing homes and we've been doing this for 24 months. So figure it out, people. All those people are going to die. The number is going to go over a million. I say stuff like, hey, show me one person who's not obese, who's died. And, you know, and, and occasionally someone will send me one. It, but but then I, I find out that they were either uh, abuser of steroids or they were a professional triathlete who lived off of goo packs and had a uh, um, a1c of 12 you know basically they lived off of sugar which was um, making it impossible for their immune system to work and 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 i say this over and over and then finally someone will say so what you're saying is is that fat old people don't have a re once that once i've got them cornered that it's just fat old people who are dying they get me cornered and they say they think they have me cornered and they say oh so what you're saying is is fat old people don't have a right to live and i say okay you you want to if if you use that logic, and you think that's what I'm saying, which it's not what I'm saying, then what you're saying is is that fat old people have the right to live at the cost of creating fat kids. But let's talk about what else it does because it's a scale. You want me to take certain actions to save these people who are 80 years old and obese so that they can live another year in their nursing home. We're talking about the 40% of the people who've died. Okay, what are those ash actions and what are the implications? You know some kids have died. You know some kids have been molested. You know some kids have been abused. Don't deny it. I, I want to tell you something. I suspect that the iPhone that I use every day uses child labor. And that there's people who are forced to work in these iPhone factories and that there's bad situations. Yet I still buy the iPhone. I don't lie to myself. Stop, I, I urge you to stop lying to yourself to think that the policies put in place to save this planet from this virus have done more good than bad. They have not. Stop you have to look at the other side of the scale. If you want to tell me about all the good it's done, you have to tell me at what cost. It's the same people who believe that when the government tells them, hey, City College is going to be free. No, it's not. No, it, there's no such thing. Someone has to pay those teachers. Like, you did. It's 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 so it's so crazy to me how how easily people are are being duped and our poor doctors our doctors are racing to support to get in line to support the government policy instead of to support what they learned in school it's it, oh the um, doctors it's so sad they're gonna they're gonna be the new teachers they're gonna start getting paid nothing it's gonna be bad but if, if, if you guys anyone who's listening to this you, the reason why you have to be healthy and these aren't my words these are Greg Glassman's from ten years ago is because you do not want to need a doctor. It's going to get. It's going to get bad. That, that that's interesting, and it, it's probably. I'm I'm and I'm the anecdotal evidence. I, I hate going to the hospital. I hate. I I don't like going to see a doctor, I, and it's you know maybe that's the, you know. It's the, never ending. It's like the prison the system. Aging, yeah, I go. I get uncomfortable when I walk into a hospital. So I'm. Paranoia is one of the motivators for me. It's the fear of pain, right? That that motivates me to stay healthy and fit. I, I, 
I, you know, I don't eat certain things because I'm, uh, I don't want to be in the doctor's office. I don't want to have to take medication. I, incidentally, uh, I was one, I was one of those triathletes that had uh, triglycerides, uh, um, off the charts back in, uh, probably 1999, 2000. And my doctor, uh, um, wanted to put me on medication to lower my triglycerides. And I was, it, I was essentially, um, glucose dependent, right. To fuel the workouts that I was doing, the, the tremendous amount of workouts I was doing, but it was driving my, you know, I was probably had suffering from, but we didn't talk about that at the time. And so I, I read, uh, I went, I went home, I was freaked out. And he actually told me the triglycerides are leading indicator, one of the leading indicators for heart disease and potential heart. And it didn't matter how fit I was that, you know, that if I didn't do get this under control, I was going to be in trouble. So I, I did a bunch of uh, Atkins book and I said, you know what, this makes a hell of a lot of sense because I was, I was so sugar dependent and carb dependent. I, that's why I love doing triathlons. What was your, Oh, wow. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like people who like the grateful dead. It's because they really like mushrooms and ecstasy. Holy shit. Wow. Is that, Wow. I never thought of it like that. You like the triathlon because I always thought you ate the goo packs so that you could fuel that. But what you're saying is, is you do that so that you can eat the goo packs. Wow. Yeah, I see it. I totally see it. Wow. We had, we, we had, it's like, I thought I was an alcoholic, but I wasn't an alcoholic. I was a sugar addict because I don't drink anymore. And it's so easy not to drink. And like I had to drink this weekend and I, it was disgusting. We had a weekly triathlon on Saturday mornings in Austin run then we go swim in barton springs and then we'd go over to the God, i can't remember the name at the moment of the, the restaurant we go to to have breakfast and it would be it was buttermilk pancakes and maple syrup like a big stack of buttermilk pancakes and maple syrup and that was the you know replacing essentially the the glycogen in our liver which but the you know it was a massive amount of glucose and the rest of it would probably it was you know spiking our insulin you know I'd go home and then i'd go home and take a nap it was the fourth part yes fourth, fourth leg of that triathlon <laughs> for those of you out there who are addicted to beer every night like you have to have one beer two beers three beers four beers five beers more if you want to try to get off of that beer what i recommend to you is when you want to have your beer eat a piece of fruit and uh, and if you really want to spoil yourself you can do it the way i do it i have frozen berries in the freezer and i put a little heavy cream on there and it freezes on there like magic shell heavy cream and frozen fruit is amazing but um, and you will see that all of a sudden you don't want to drink it. Is, I think that if some of you who are like me, I drank for the sugar and I thought I was drinking for the alcohol, but I'm not. It's the same thing when I meet people who have to like put like sugar in their coffee or they need fancy foo-foo drinks. I'm like, you don't all you really want is the caffeine. Just just chase the caffeine. Stop chasing the sugar fines. Every time you do something bad, it likes it. it you, you want you want to eat something bad? Just start with a piece of fruit. Do make it the least damaging kind of sugar, and you'll see uh, you can wean yourself. Don't be a sugar addict and an alcohol addict. Like people, get rid of the alcohol and just give yourself a little sugar. Um, Sorry, people, go ahead. Need, people, well, people need to come to terms with um, the fact that your body has automatic responses to things um, that your mind cannot control. The need for um, sweet things um, is usually a you know you're craving for the dopamine response right so you're you're in in your body is going to crave it your mind will rationalize it and as soon as you and you have that's I mean, which makes i'm sure addiction i love 
addicts have known addicts, um, several addicts, and you know, including my family. It, it makes it so difficult because your body that you assume it's a well, one one beer is not bad, or two beers is not bad, or whatever it is, or you know, the you know, it's a big bowl of ice cream, you know, at night. Those things are you know not bad. Your body is driving that decision. It's 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 created this automated system now where it's going to get this stimulation. It's going to make your you know your brain's going to send signals. Wow, that was that's awesome. Wow, that's good. You feel much better. And and your and your mentality rationalize. So your 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 ego rationalizes it to make it okay. And then you have to you have to crush that. <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta put your ego aside and say no. You know your your physical self is not in control. Um, and automated response. It's a big problem we have in society. It, it, it absolutely is enormous. And then what, what automated response leads to is the whole the acceptance. This is the way I am. Mm. It's, it's what you've created. You've created these, these pathways that, you know, uh, providing your body the sugar to give you that dopamine response that makes you feel better. I understand. I, 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 I'm going to throw in something out there. For It's a hard truth, I think, for a lot of people to, to follow, and I know that's that's pretty uh, self-serving to, to start a statement like that. But when people talk about free will, the only free will you have as a human being is to do nothing. So if you're doing something and you think that it is your free will – you are lying to yourself. I know that's so hard to get your head wrapped around, but I'm going to give you an example. It's in that movie Terminator 1. There's a there's a point where the robot, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a list of ideas, someone says something to him, and a list of responses pops up, like punch the guy, say hello, and then one of them says, fuck you, asshole, and he chooses it and says, fuck you, asshole. That is the reality of life. We, you, your free will is to do nothing. And what do I mean by nothing? I mean, lay perfectly still and die. That's it. That is your free will. Anything else is you basically reacting to something and choosing a choice. And so what meditation is, listen carefully, people, is, is when you have it, when you see those list of choices, but in, in humans, they don't come up like a list like that. That's just in the movie. In humans, it comes up one by one. So I'll give you an example. You're driving down the road and someone cuts you off. Your automated response will be, fuck you. If you're meditating, you see that fuck you pop up and you see it pass. You've done nothing. That was your free will to do nothing. Now another option will pop up. And this one pops up in a lot of us. And it's cool. It's to roll down your window and wave and say sorry. That's the one I choose. I always let that first one go. It's stupid. I cut him off. Even if I didn't cut him off, well, why am I saying fuck you to the guy? Because that was my automated response. And then I can let that one go too. And each one that you let go, that's you imposing your free will on yourself, doing nothing. But don't act like you have choices. Don't act like you're in control of your choices. Your choices are fed to you. I don't know where they come from. But 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 you don't have free will. Sorry, that was the, my high horse. No, I like that. And it's, but that helps with that daily battle. You know, I, I want to eat sugar, but just watch that thought and let it go by. I have great, I have great, I have great genetics, but I, I have the, 
my head. You really do have great genetics. All the, all, all the life is not fair. That life no. is not fair. <laughs> but I battle in my head all the time, and I and I and I fight it. Um, and and it's. Did you hear that, people? We all fight it. It's not easy for anyone. It's not easy for Rich Froning. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for Craig Howard. It's not easy for, like, and I'm I'm saying I'm on the other end of Rich Froning and Craig Howard. Everyone is fighting to be a better person. It comes easy for nobody. No. Do stuff. Stu- if you feel sorry for yourself, just accept it. Feel sorry for yourself and move on. And real, it's, mm-hmm. it's all of us are doing that. No one is special. Nobody. The, when people walk in, when new people walk into our gym, and and they're deconditioned, they walk into our gym, um, and I I caution them. I've done. I we do tours. We always do a fifteen minute tour, um, and we walk into the gym. And we, and we show them class. We show them where the open gym area is. We show them where the weightlifting area is. And I caution before I go in, I look, I look, you're going to walk in here and you're going to see really fit people because I know it. And you're, they're, and it doesn't matter who it is, what the body type is. And if, if you see someone moving really well with a barbell or a kettlebell or a box, or whatever, you're going to look at that person and go, shit, they're fit as fuck. And, right. it, and, and so when they I can just literally see their facial expression change. And I tell them, everybody in here has a backstory. There's a backstory. Mm-hmm. There's the guy that lost hundred pounds. There's the guy that, you know, had type type one diabetes. There's the, the girl that, you know, has, you know, an amputation. There's everybody's got a backstory. There's the recovering alcoholic, all of those things. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. And you start, and you start, <laughs> <laughs> there are, and you start to tell, but it, and all you have to spend a few minutes talking to people, and they'll tell you their backstory. It's a, yeah. That, but they they come here and they turn into this because one, it works, and two, it's like they it's fun as hell, so they want to come back. And three, they there is people that motivate them to come back. They want to be around it. Oh, I've never seen in the, the more in our entire you know sixteen year the life of existence in these last two years, uh, people, uh, my members saying to me, they're coming to Diablo CrossFit because they want to, um, people that, um, are what they're into and think like they do. Um, these last two years has been just monumental for that. And, and, and so I, so I caution people, this is going to be, and then I tell them now a year from now, you're going to be that person. Someone else is going to walk through and they're going to see you and they're going to be like, oh, I could never be as fit as that person. And they look at me like, ah, and I, but usually it gets them in it and it over and over and over again, one person at a time, unfortunately, but it happens. And it's that it's like a bar, show. right? Yeah. You go there to drink because you want to drink, but you stay and keep going to the bar because it's the same people that you like. You okay. end up liking the bartender. We're not, I'm not going to, I, I have, a, I, I have, I'm not on my website anymore, but I'm not afraid to tell people I'm not motivational coaches for the apathetic. Like, I'm not mm. going to call you and go, Hey, you need to come in the gym today. Hey, I haven't seen you. We have automated me- emails that'll say, Hey, you know, I haven't seen you in a couple weeks, but the reason why people are coming is not because of messages that I might send because they're getting a text message from like two or three other people in the class. Tomorrow's an awesome workout. You're going to kill this one. Or are you coming tomorrow? We're all going to get together afterwards and go somewhere. And, and you set that culture in the on-ramp? Yes, absolutely. Do you ever have to police that culture? 
I heard. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. I heard a story the other. Community, <laughs> go ahead. He's a double edged. Community is a double. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and what the the part of it we have to manage is. Hey, could you hold on one second? Sorry. Yeah. Go this ahead. is this is this is my this is my neighbor. I wonder if my dog ran over to his house. Oh boy. Let's see. Let's see. Hey, Jim. What's up? Uh, yeah, I'm just in the middle of a podcast, and normally I don't answer my phone in the middle of a podcast, but when the neighbor calls, I think, oh, shit, is the neighborhood on fire? Okay, bye. Oh, that's good. He said he'll call me later. I just That's good. That's a good sign. That means that means it's nothing bad. Because sometimes it'll be like, dude, your dog's over at my house. Yeah. It's just shit like, shit like that. And he's got like five dogs and 20 chickens, and I love having good neighbors. Uh, so it's the difference maker when you're in a house you live in. So it's a double, it's a double-edged sword. I would tell you a quick story. So there was a, um, I, I, there was a jujitsu um, studio that my kids go to, and I heard recently one of the guys there made. He was um, uh, rolling with one of the women, and he made a comment that made her feel uncomfortable after they were done rolling. I forget what it was, but something, something like, I need, I need a pretty girl like you at home, or something, something that, and you know, jujitsu is like so fucking intimate. Like you gotta like. Oh. It's so crazy intimate. And uh, and so I heard that, like, the owner went over and talked to him, like, hey, dude, you can't do that shit. Like, you can't, like, right. don't make anyone feel uncomfortable. Do you have to police that at, at your yeah. gym? Yeah, you do. Yeah. You, have to set the, you have to set clear boundaries and stand. If you're the normal, you know, human resources stuff that that helps keep your coaches um, um, in line, in, in, you know, within the lines. And then But I mean, even the clients. What um, you have to be vigilant about is, and Tony Budding, you know, the old media director of Cross, yep. put it best is the no asshole rule. Um, mm. is, is you've got to you've got to cut cancer out before um, permeates the community. I don't like that coach because at this gym is not good because I'm doing other programming at you know so and so. Because it's better um, that you know. Whatever. So you hear that, and you just go right over to your cl- to the I, to the member I, of your gym, and you're like, yeah, "Hey, yeah. dude, either shut the fuck up or beat it." Yeah. By the way, um, I've somehow shit rolls uphill because I'm that guy that has to have those difficult conversations, <laughs> and it you need to wear deodorant, like oh, like so, like your staff will tell you that. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. So hey, that that member, you know, that member, you know. It, everybody knows that guy thinks anything about it, right? So I'm oh. the guy that has, I'm the one that has the conversation with him. Or, oh, I like my interpretation of what you said better that people have to actually tell you stuff like, hey, Craig, you got to start wearing deodorant. Okay. No. Craig, you can't take two no. parking spaces in the parking lot, you jackass. I thought it was you, like you that. Know, you know what's interesting is I'm a, I'm, I, make, I also make myself approachable. And I've told this, I tell my coaches and staff this, that, you know, I'm not above reproach. And I, I had a coach tell me, you need to smile more. You're walking wow. in here. You walk in here and you're, you know, you look like you're pissed. You got a lot on your mind and you're not smiling to members. And I've had a couple members say to me like, what's with Craig or is he upset? Oh, me? Or, like walking in, holding a Coke in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> you better, you better put that yeah. Coke down and put a fucking smile on your face. Fake that you, shit. The, the, and again, it's that double-edged sword, right? Because as a business owner, I walk in and I see, you know, people parked on, you know, coaches parked up front in the front parking spot or, trash in the parking lot or i see boxes put back in the wrong spot or i see you know a bumper plates now not stacked the right way and the, you know those little things that annoy a business owner like you start to build and you're like fuck i can't believe i'm you know i got to do this again today and i'm 
and that messaging people get, you know, they want to see my smiling face welcoming them into that gym. And uh, it's part of a welcoming committee, uh, a welcoming community. Nurse are the um, lead or the head pastor in a church. Mm. And if the pastor's not there and, and passionately involved in the community, it's a hell. Mm. <laughs> Anytime we've had multiple locations, it was the most difficult thing to manage. How many, um, how many locations do you have now? Um, we have one location, one big, beautiful oh. location. And, and what's the most it. you've had? Um, we've had as many as uh, four um, at the same time. I'm either in partnership and, or, or what, in ownership. What's the what's the slowest? Do, do you have someone at your gym who who their fran time is 38 minutes? Um, yeah, I do. Sure. And and do you have someone with a fran time who's three minutes? Yes, I do. There's a couple people that do, do, do have that. And they train we, side by side. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you know what's great is. And, um, a, a woman, she came in to, to, to check out the gym and I happened to be the guy she saw first. So I, I said, you know what, screw it. I'll take him on and show you around. And as I walked in, we were doing a, they were, the class was doing a workout and there was someone there that was smashed, uh, oh, was toes to bar. And we had doing actual toes to bar. We had someone doing knee hangs and we had someone doing sit-ups like right in the same class where I could see it. I want you to know, I go, those three people right now in that portion of class are doing the same workout. And, and she looked at me and I said, the, the workout is toes bar. You see the one girl doing toes bar? And I go, that's a complex gymnastics movement. It takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of fitness. And I said, you see the girl next to her? She's progressing. She's doing knee raises instead. And the other girl, you see, she's just getting started with us. And literally, it was, it was so cool. Um, yeah, that is awesome. It is. That is awesome. And one isn't better than the other. And I, we have an RX plus group. That's essentially the athletes that want. And I, you know, I, they'll tell you my messaging to them and I come down hard on them as I need to see you in class at least twice a week. And they enjoy it. And our members enjoy it because they want to aspire to that. They want to see them on the leaderboard. They want to, they, they, they're drawn up. Greg Glassman's philosophy of the tip of the spear was right. Look at Instagram. People aren't motivated. Who gets the most followers? The person that gets the most followers is the beautifully, awesomely fit. It's just those things. It's one of those autonomous responses in our brains. We see that, and we're drawn to that. And and if and if those people are doing CrossFit and doing it, then something must be thing must be right. By the way, if you're one of those people who's an influencer who has shitloads of followers and is beautiful, please do not, please do not, even if you are a fucking piece of shit victim mentality, please do not preach that. You know that's not how you got to where you are. LeBron, you know you didn't get there with the victim mindset. Please stop preaching it. Serena Williams, you know you didn't get there with the victim mindset. Please stop preaching it. Please do everyone a favor and stop spreading that disease in the mind. That's not what you did to get where, where you are. That's not where you are. Jeff Bezos, you, you weren't a bitch when you climbed to the top. Why are you supporting Black Lives Matters? Why aren't you supporting we, Black Lives? We Fucking tool. We, Sorry. Oh, by the way, congratulations we, on going okay. to space, Jeff. I do think that's cool as shit. <laughs> and good job pushing the envelope. I mean, I, 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 I do. But I just hate this, 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 these people who you know excelled, 
and yet they share the victim mindset. No, no, no one got to the top with the victim mindset except politicians. That's the only job in the world where you can get to the top by preaching victim mindset. No other job. It's it's (laughs) pandering, pandering to the conventional uh, thinking. Um, yeah, you want to be popular. Don't want to be popular. And the help can, people. And the fear of the fear of getting canceled is is, is real. Huge. Yeah. Is Once real. again, I, I was just saying today earlier today on, on my live Instagram. If you are independently wealthy, you have a you you owe it to the world to not be afraid to get canceled. That is your only obligation. And I understand it. So many people yesterday, this guy from Homeland Security was like, dude, I'm tripping. I go, why? He goes, I'm at the border. It's fucking pure fucking chaos here. And and that we're short staffed and it's fucking nuts. And he's sending me videos. And then he says, and I have three kids. And I said, okay, be safe. You know, don't do anything stupid. And he goes, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm going to lose my job if I don't get the injection by November. And like we have a right, we have to stand up for those people. Those of us who like who have already been canceled or who don't care, or like people like me who can scrape by and I can still put food on my table no matter what I say, we have we to have stand members. up for those people. We have members in our in our gym that are in the police department and in the hospitals, uh, nurses um, and doctors that are in the same situation, and it's a I would st- terrible struggle. Yeah. These are people that want to serve, help other people. I would stand up for anyone who wants to get vaccinated too. Don't get me wrong; I'll stand up for anyone who wants right. to do what they sure. want to do. Choice. I want to stand up for all of you. Yeah. Don't let anyone push you around. Craig, would you be willing to walk me through? Is I know it's been just crazy, but if we go back and just start about when you first heard about policies that were going to start affecting you based on this virus and like Uh, where you are today, I know it's going to be hard to remember every because there's been so many ups and downs. But what year was it? When did when did the government start? interfering with your business in regards to this virus and how did you hear about it you're by the way he's in northern california are you in contra costa county yeah, just outside of san francisco county. yeah okay yeah. so we're so we're you know the, the what what impacts us most is the state regulations and the county regulations city regulations city just they've defaulted to the county um that was okay. early on um but for us the 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 first mandate the first shutdown was in uh, March of 2020, and we understood it, and, and because nobody knew what this virus was, all we were seeing was video clips from China. So March 2020. Yeah, March 2020 is when the first shutdown started. And, okay, uh, that was supposed to go a couple of weeks, and ended up going about six weeks. Um, and how do you time. find out about that as a business owner? How um, many how many square feet is your is your lot? Not just your gym, but your entire lot. Yeah, the, where you're at. Yeah, where we're gym space, the combined space is twelve thousand square. But I probably got another twelve thousand of you know available space and parking area. And you're and you're in a high foot traffic area. Where are you? Are you still in Pleasant Uh, Hill? Yeah, we're in Pleasant Hill, and we're in the light industrial area of Pleasant Hill, which is super convenient. We've benefited tremendously from our location. It's very close to retail. Um, Where where are uh, you? What street are you on? I want to see if I can remember. I grew up there as a kid. Yeah, so we're off of uh, we're off of uh, Monument Buskirk, but my yep, and uh, and then, which by that old is, Capri Theater, by that old theater in yeah, Montgomery right. Wards, you're back. Yeah, that is that is literally eight hundred from our doorstep. It, is um is Caesar Gracie there Jiu Jitsu? Um, Gracie is in the area, but he's not there. Um, 
Because I saw um, – I know this is totally off subject. I saw uh, Nick Diaz was training there for his fight this weekend. Oh, interesting. Because that was his yeah. original teacher. That's who he got his black belt from. I couldn't believe it was in Pleasant Hill, California. Crazy. Yeah, the Gracies are good, but Walnut Creek, Pleasant Hill. Yeah. Okay, smart, smart guys. Nice area. Okay, so yeah. – so the March 2020, and how do you find out that you have to close for two weeks? Um, we, um, I was on a uh, email list from the county, from our county supervisor. That's how I found out. Dear and Diablo so, CrossFit, for two weeks, we want you to shut your business down. Yeah, well, it was dear businesses in the county. <laughs> we were asking you to close down for, for two weeks until um, we flatten the curve essentially. Um, and did you guys do that? Yeah, we did. We closed for six weeks. And during that time, the first week we weren't sure what the hell to do. And then what we did is, uh, um, like many classes on zoom. Um, and we, uh, loaned out equipment to our members. That was the big issues. A lot of, a lot of members wanted to do workouts, but they didn't have the equipment. And so we loaned out 600 pieces of equipment from, you know, dumbbells, kettlebells, bumper plates, and then, um, uh, coach Jamie, um, uh, he designed workouts around those things. And th- I, I literally pulsed the entire time of the pandemic because he was having to just write new workouts, met, you know, and then scale, scale, write workouts and then scale those workouts, like literally on the fly week to week to week to week. And he delivered, uh, which was awesome. Um, and, what was his uh, name? he's been around he's a former crossfit affiliate owner and uh we came is he a black guy no my Uh, best friend in the seventh and eighth grade was named james lee and and i went to sequoia and he was a black dude uh we went to sequoia uh elementary uh which is right down the street from your gym oh okay so so coach jamie lee's from this area and uh been in crossfit i think it's almost as long as i have and uh, now, because of was he my program, best friend in the seventh and eighth grade? I'm I'm struggling with this, and maybe he's he just bleached his skin white or something. <laughs> Not so sure about that, but uh, but he's been in there. But now he has. Um, we we took his programming business, and uh, and we call it progressive programming or PRs all day. This is a little bit of a commercial, but he runs that now, and that's his business. And I'm a partner in it with him, uh, which is kind of cool. So coach grew from being a coach to. To, to head coach at Diablo to now he has his own programming business that, and he still coaches, uh, but just. So he took, so he was your programmer Diablo CrossFit. And then during the yeah. pandemic, you, he had to fucking get his PhD in programming, just take it to the next level. And then yeah, he, he parlayed that into an online business program called what's yeah, it called? It's called the progressive programming. Wow. That is really cool. I love shit like it is that. Very cool. Oh yeah. And, and, Okay. And why would someone do that instead of Diablo's programming? Um, because uh, it's automatically downloaded. It uh, it is it is essentially our programming. That's what we do now. So you're getting our programming, but it's under another different brand. Um, Excuse we, me. By the way, you guys are doing great on Sugarwad, huh? Yeah, we're doing we're doing well on Sugarwad. Yeah, I go progressive, there, and you guys. It's all, yeah. Say that again. Programming is. So cool. Yeah, but, and but there is some Diablo branding in it, isn't there? Because when I go yeah, on there, I do, I, I do have uh, we do it's progressive programming by Diablo CrossFit. We're leveraging the the recognition of uh, of Diablo to help uh, give us uh, some credibility. 
Yeah, that's cool because I see when you go there and you like look for programming, it's like you and Mayhem. You guys are like like the premier, and there's a couple other ones. Uh, Sugarwad, you should be pushing three plane brothers programming instead yeah. of this Diablo Mayhem nonsense. I love um, three brothers programming and your and your Instagram. Do you know I got a call from Sugarwad saying because that that you threatened? We got a report saying you threatened to rape someone. Is that true? Really? Yes. Good lord. So, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story real quick. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, this lady on Instagram started fucking trolling me and attacking me, and I thought it was a dude. I did not know it was a lady. My mom's my, this. This is the kind of shit that really disappoints my mom and my and my wife because they they want me to. My mom wants me to be a nice man. A gentleman, and I am a gentleman, but but I I can get pushed far. I thought it was a man, and he was trolling me, and he said to me, he I thought he he not I thought he accused me of being homophobic, and a, and I said, hey, if you think I said a couple things, I said, hey, if you think I'm if you think I'm gay I, or homophobic, why don't you come over to my house and we'll get drunk, and you won't even have to put down your beer. I'll hold your dick while you take a piss, and I'll prove to you that I'm not homophobic. Like I'm a fucking Bay Area kid. I attend the gay pride, and they wouldn't drop it. So then I said, hey, why don't you give me your address and I'll come wash your mouth out with my dick. And I, I know that's really harsh. That is the comment. And then, and then later on someone told me, hey, you know that's a woman. And so then that person accused me of saying I was going to rape them. They were trolling me, right? But, but I – right. anyway. But it was, it was crazy that they would report me to Sugarwad for that. Can you imagine picking a fight with someone on Instagram? They sla- and then I, sla- I, you know, I fucked her up. And, uh, and then she reports me. It's like, you, it's like, it's cra- It's like you threw a rock at me. And as you drive away, I pick it up and throw it back and hit your car. And you call the cops on me that I broke out your window. Fuck you. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, and, and, and I have to tell stories like that to keep the podcast interesting. I apologize. <laughs> you're, you're far too classy of a man to have to hear stuff like that. Sorry. No, that's all right. And okay. So six, it's, six it's weeks shut down. Yeah. Uh, yes. Shut down. And, uh, and, and you open back told, up and you've lived happily ever after since. Well, what we were told is we could do outdoor classes. And so we, um, we started doing outdoor classes. The strange twist there is that, you know, I had, it, it took a while to come. My landlord got along with it. We opened up and put classes outside. That hilarious started. Part of that is one, one day after opening up outside in a parking lot in our parking spaces, the city of Pleasant Hill visited us and, told us that we needed to shut down because we didn't have a permit to have our structures and our equipment outside to work out outside. How does that happen? Who comes? What are they dressed up in? In suits or um, cops? Yeah. Or how does that happen? No, they're, they're attire with a badge an inspector badge. And in okay. the case of Pleasant, in the case of Pleasant Hill, and he's a, he's a building inspector. He had a body cam as well. Is he, is he, is he very, fit? A, putting when you're a small business owner just trying to operate and survive yes um is he is he fit is the guy fit who comes like does he look like he uh, works out does he have empathy he, for you no and no he's not none fit. Of them, none of that none of them did either the county inspectors that came or the um or the uh city inspectors that came and visited us so you have and, people who um appear to be carbohydrate or sugar addicts coming to tell you to shut down your business that helps alleviate people or to help 
cure people and give people an outlet and a place to go to get away from these addictions that are ravaging society. I know that's biased, but it's the truth. No, it's, and and it's not, and this is an important (laughs) distinction is that, you know, being fit um, and looking like you're in shape is, is ostracized today um, because it, it apparently speaks to your political beliefs. It apparently assumption they 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 assume my politics they assume my my position on things uh, just because i'm fit and i own a gym and i and i get that in primarily because of what's displayed on instagram and other social media and they think you're good and bad too they have that they have that (laughs) bias too (laughs) that's side um but it but it it's it's unfortunate because then they also think that you know you have a um a Jim bro mentality and, and you're just going to, you just want to work out and sweat and get, and get, and get, uh, ripped as someone put to me in an Instagram, um, just as recently as yesterday, you know, you're, you guys are there just getting ripped. Meanwhile, people are dying. Well, no, that's not where we're <laughs> And it's people. It, what's, what's happening at gyms is, and especially across the gyms is lost upon, um, our culture and it's unfortunate, but, uh, but, but that is the mentality too, that the, the city and the County and these inspectors wouldn't even listen, wouldn't talk intellectual conversation with me about what was happening in our facility. And, uh, it was simply enforce the mandates, um, which caused us to get, and, and so from there we stayed open outside. I was able to get the permit. Um, uh, but then they, um, uh, you know, after about, do you think other businesses in your areas complained? Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe businesses, but certainly there were, um, um, they were getting anonymous complaints. Um, most of the cities, uh, most of the cities and counties set forums for people to go or get access to complain. And, and the keyboard warriors took advantage of that. I actually had me an email telling us that was, is we're a team of people and we will shut you down. Um, and I know other CrossFit affiliates have gotten these kind of attacks. They, they do, they send emails, um, to the county, um, uh, enforcement agencies, to the city enforcement agencies. And then they also, um, hit Google and Yelp for reviews. For um, those of you who are attacking people who are trying to help other people, I, w- w- from the bottom of my heart, I hope the fleas of a thousand camels attack your armpits. It was, um, that was, that was a really, really troubling time. You know, my buddy, Tim Dimmel at the CrossFit Palo Alto got one, drove into the parking lot of his gym. They were exercising outdoors and then, you know, gave everybody the left. Um, it was, it was kind of an erratic situation and then sent any follow-up email, you know, telling him that she hoped he got COVID and died. Wait, why would she, why, this is just someone driving by who's just pissed that people are working out? Yeah, pissed that people are working out. Oh, man, and, man, and, man. And at, at CrossFit Sweatshop in Walnut Creek, um, Nabil and his wife, just, they were on a great facility. Um, came down during the pandemic, opened up the doors to get equipment out to work out, and the cops came down, literally came down. He goes, with the lights on, like within about, 30 minutes of them opening up and saying, Hey, it was reported to us that you guys are open and working out and you can't be doing this during the pandemic. And he goes, look, we're outside. And we went inside because it's my business to go get my equipment and bring it outside. 
so what people were doing is they heave along the Iron Horse Trail, which is, you know, one of those trails, the uh, tracks to trails uh, programs, and people would film them with their camera. And he, and he couldn't open up at all. He was, you know, I, I felt bad for him because, you know, he, he said anytime he opened up or any activity, he would see people out there with uh, their, their phone cameras filming him. I can't believe cops enforce that. I really, I really, lot, I struggle. did not. Yeah, right, did not. right. Yeah, all the cops yeah. I know, I feel like would not enforce that shit. Yeah. I find it yeah. so hard to believe cops would enforce or, or, that. Or what they do is they, they and, you know, like uh, at some kids like Clevison, they tell them, look, just stay low profile, you know, keep it under the radar. Uh, I was in Sunnyvale the other morning at their skate park. It's massive. I was there with my, with my three sons. Two of my sons were riding scooters. There's a policy in the park, no scooters. There were probably five people in the park. That's nothing for a massive park. And right. fucking the authority showed up and said, hey, we got to call. There's boys in here with scooters. I go, yeah, those are mine. He goes, it's no scooter rule. I go, okay. He goes, but don't worry. There's, no, I, we're not enforcing it. Proceed, and they left. And, I was and, like, thank and you. And that's awesome. Fuck. Here, here's the biggest issue, and this is one of my the kids are four. The park was empty. One of, one of the things that troubles me about this, uh, the the pandemic in gyms, is that there's this um, this off, uh, uh, this um, stigmatization of if the if I if that word's being used correctly of gyms. Is being a place where the virus is spread, where where germs are spread. It's not even just the, but it's they're being thought of as a place where where people get sick, and and where germs are spread. And and I don't care what gym you go to. I, I mean, this is 2020. Gyms are far better off than they were back in the 70s and 80s. People are gym averse, and usually, and, and I, I think it, you you would probably agree with this. Probably eighty to ninety percent of the people in my gym are 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 there because they're paranoid about their health and germs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like kind of the opposite. You got all these healthy people. This is where they come to work out. They're not there spreading germs. We, you know, we 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 we've got a seven foot barbell that keeps us separated. Beginning of you know since two thousand and five, we've been socially distant. But this this whole. Um, shutdown of gyms and gyms specifically having to close or wear masks or vaccine check is sending a message to the public that gyms are not a safe place to be in general. Now, when we're the culture of America to focus on eating healthy and exercising, that's a really fucking hard job. We're an unsafe place to be. And it's Let me tell you where's an unsafe to place to be people. Hospitals. Right hospitals go on sorry yeah (laughs) right and this is one of the things that i've tried to really communicate with people is like we're being negative like you know i work for a place i work for a dangerous germ spreading place i own a dangerous germ spreading place now the new york times has reported the cdc's reported the fda's reported they've all gone out of their ways to attack gyms to say that they're dangerous places all within the last two years and it's, I, I guess I can kind of understand how that happens um, because it's human nature to kind of just, you know, the correlation versus cause king out and they're breathing hard. So that must be where it's spreading. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. But the, but the data doesn't substantiate it. Right, right. They have, and, and this is what's so frustrating is they have tons of contact tracing data. And in New York and other states have published that data. And you have it in your own gym. And you have it from your own gym, your own clients. Right. 70,000 visits. None of my staff 
70,000 kids. I was there 24 seven for a, almost a year and three months, uh, every single day. I didn't get COVID at my gym. I actually didn't get COVID. It's a, you know, but you haven't had it yet. No. 70,000 visits. So maybe you and, did have it and you were one of the 80% that's asymptomatic. How yeah, could you not have had it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's entirely possible. I mean, you're in one of the epicenters in the, on the planet. Yeah. yeah. And you're in those gyms with all those filthy heathens. Yeah. And it's a wow. Crazy thing. that you haven't had it yet. Crazy. I just got it a couple weeks ago and my wife and my mom or my, I don't know if my wife, but my mom says I should stop telling people that I got it. Cause I tested negative, but my wife tested positive and everyone in my house was sick. But I yeah. just kept working out. I've never avoided any sickness. My kids go everywhere barefoot. If if you if you told me you had strep throat, you could still come to my house. I'm just one of those people. I've never, ever, 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 ever been afraid. My kids collect germs professionally and shove them in their nose. I have two four-year-olds and a six-year-old. They wipe their hands everywhere, and they always have their hands in their nose and their mouth. My kids were born Broke, vaginally. They, they breastfeed. We're good. They have, and they have like, robust uh, immune systems. Crazy crazy okay so so then they shut you down for um so so okay two weeks turns to six weeks yeah and then six weeks and then in may they let us work out outdoors as i was out driving driving around looking for fields to to work out in the local high schools had shut down all facilities and access to it parks this was um, unbelievably absurd parks and 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 uh, schools set down all all their facilities and access their facilities and i finally said fuck it like if, if we don't have a place to go and the county and city was closing all of their facilities for places to go, I'm going to open up myself. And, so, and know, when was that? Uh, May of 2020? Yeah. Yeah. That was, we closed again briefly because the district attorney was really aggressive with me. <laughs> and, uh, and I actually called him on the phone and we had a nice conversation. I said, all right, I'll shut down. And he goes, it won't be long. Like you just need to show compliance here. And we, you know, we, period of time and uh and it's I so gross it. it's so gross you just yeah. need to show compliance here it's so gross yeah. sorry go on and then in september they went to close us down again and i said no and that's when we started getting fines that's um, in november you said yeah it was september that was september. september yeah and we started getting uh rep- that's when we got you know took fines up to um to- a total of uh, like eight thousand dollars in fines crazy did you pay those yeah i did i you know met with my attorney and we talked about the process so that was again the challenging process because look does that hurt to write a check for eight thousand dollars for for just helping people yeah it was it was made easier by one of my members unsolicited started to go fund me because they knew i was getting these fines and that raised uh a total of like twenty three thousand dollars wow so we of that money um, to pay those fines, the rest of the money um, I took and put it into a fund. Another fund. So I started to go fund me for other affiliates that were in worse situation than I was, that were behind on their affiliate fees, that were you know uh, behind on their debt, their land. That and we started another GoFundMe, the balance. And uh, I'd like to point out in we that we were able to help a bunch of affiliates. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'd like to point out that uh, Miranda and Julian Alvarez of Street Park. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Donated $5,000. Go ahead. 5, go ahead. Yeah, yes. She gave, gave $5,000 un, unsolicited us out of the blue. Street parking. She goes, 
look, I, I understand that gyms, people, gyms is being uh, competitive in Michigan, but I want, I want gyms and specifically CrossFit affiliates just, and, uh, and it was, it was a magnanimous gesture. It was, it was like, for me, that was like, really emotional moment to get that yeah i'm telling you guys i'm i i i cannot emphasize enough how amazing that is that she did that and i know yeah. i know her a little bit i chat with her um superficially at least once a week um through text or through dms and we share ideas um but uh the fact that she did that and that she knows that her heritage comes from CrossFit and being on the L1 uh-huh. team and all the knowledge she got from Greg Glassman and for her to pay give back like that, there's not a lot of people who would do that. No. But but everyone should have done it. But everyone should have done it. And um, yeah, yep. it's uh, that was awesome. And we were able to give that money, share that money with affiliates. Um, yeah, good job um, doing that. And and you were shit on and you were shit on for it. <laughs> and this is a guy who who started a GoFundMe account to help Jim stay open during this. And when he says help Jim stay open, you have to think of what exactly that means. That means help gyms where there's a mom and a dad with three kids who are who need to put food on the table, who need to pay their rent, who need to pay their electricity, who need to buy clothes for their children, and who are getting fined by the city because they're sharing with the world how to eat right and how to move right. And no one's helping them. And so Craig Howard of Diablo CrossFit sees that people helped him. So he starts another account to help other people. And what happens to him? I don't know if it's half the community, but people start throwing rocks at him and and being mean to him and calling him names because he's not being compliant. It is not being compliant. And it is ferocious. Morning Talk Up shared the story and, you know, know, don't read the comments, but, you know, in the comment section, we were accused of being privileged huh. um, of having this privilege to be able to, to do this, that other gyms didn't have this same privilege and that we were violating mandates and getting unfair privilege as a result of our position on, um, on the mandates. In the show. And I want to tell you, and, and yeah. you have an obligation as being privileged to do what you did. And so he, he did do it. Everyone who's privileged should take advantage of their privilege. If you're walking down the street and you see trash on the ground and you have eyes and hands and you don't pick it up, you're not using your privilege and you're a bitch. People should use their privilege. Use your privilege. Use your privilege. You, that's a great because I did, I recently did that with my daughter. Stop, and we got off our bikes and went and picked up all the trash in the middle of this. That someone had dropped a garbage bag full of trash and picked it all up. I go to the skate park. The first thing I do is I walk around and look for trash and pick it all up. Why? Because I'm privileged to have arms and legs and eyes. And you know what? Um, Black Lives Matter has privilege. You guys can now speak. You guys have now made it so you can. Sp- I, I know police officers who won't pull black people over. They're scared. Great. Use that privilege. Speed yeah. around all you want. Do it. I know all the homeless people in the Bay Area can drink can drink on the street and not get tickets. You use your privilege. Yeah, we know. That we, oh man, oh, fuck, privileged. It, privileged. Again, for me, hey, it was, how tall are you, Craig? Um, six two. Yeah, you're privileged to get the cups up from the high shelf. <laughs> yeah. You're privileged to get the cups from the high yeah. shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I and and, and I'm pri- and I'm privileged to get the pots and pans out of the lower shelf. So what? You're not saying anything by calling anyone privileged. You're an idiot. You're a pussy. You're a victim. I'm just, I'm actually discriminated against Savon because I'm discriminated against be, being asked to get those things off the shelf. Is, uh, I know you are. 
I, watch, I, I know you were discriminated against. Can you imagine hating on someone? Can you imagine hating on Jeff Bezos because he went to fucking outer space? It's, you know, it's nuts. We have, I have a, I feel like I have a responsibility to, to make stand the value of exercise, the value of healthy eating and the value of CrossFit. Yes. It is just absolutely transformational. And, and that's your man, privilege to do that. And you should, right. you should continue to do it. You have it. You owe we, it to us. We care about people. It does not benefit me in any way whatsoever to outbreak in my gym. I'm going to go above and beyond to make sure that, the, especially now that I'm, that I've become somewhat public is that I'm going to take extra steps to make sure that doesn't happen, but I'm also going to protect the entity of fitness, the entity of working out and, and, and the methodology of people understanding. And when, anytime there's a mandate or, and this is what, this does piss me off with other affiliates that roll over on this shit, um, and give in and, and quietly either open up or don't, you know, or, or adhere to the mandates and make the mandates very public. We're adhering to these mandates. I get that, but you have basically accepted the brand of being a place where the fucking virus spreads and where, un, where unhealthy things happen just so you can make a small group of your members happy. And this, the, someone's going to cut this snippet and put that out. Glad. I'm not about and they're lying. They're lying. They're lying. Oh, just put the yellow star on. It's okay. They're lying. They're lying in order to stay open. It doesn't pay off. They will suffer in the end. It will all suffer because of their cowardice. Are, are you allowed to be open right now? Yes. And right now, but right now, um, required according to the county to have masks on and to check for either a vaccine check our members for a um, having a vaccine or having a negative COVID test one of those two so you you and, and so the rules are right now that if someone wants to work out in your gym not your rules the the, the county rules that they either have to um, had an injection yes that you or me that someone um trying to call into my into the show. It oh. says Matt's iPhone 11 from Louisville, Kentucky. Sorry, this isn't a call-in show, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Make your case in the comments, Matt, why I should pick up. Um, oh, Max, Matt's, Matt's. It's so weird. Uh, so I, on Sundays I have a live call-in show, so I have a phone number so people oh. know the phone number so they can just call in. That's the first time that's happened, though. It's kind of cool. It makes me feel popular. Uh, so, some, so that means uh, I said something that upset the shit out of someone. <laughs> or it's a local affiliate. It's funny. I went the other place for it. I figured it was a, a, an affiliate saying how, how much they appreciate everything you've done. So basically you have to have an injection you have to, or you have to have proof. And, you, yeah. and, and bo- do you have to wear a mask no matter what? Yours, and you should be – and yes, masks are required indoors. And so uh, let's say someone's – do you get in trouble if someone's not wearing a mask? Let's say like I'm in your gym and I refuse to wear a mask. Whose obligation is it to make me wear a mask? Yeah, that's t- supposed to be the business owner's obligation to require the mask and then enforce it if they don't wear a mask. Is that And how would you enforce it? You're supposed to physically remove me? Yeah, or ask, yeah, ask you to leave. Yeah, which would uh, – that would be – you know, or refer, re- refuse to serve you. Um, so in my area, there's signs up. Every, I'm in Santa Cruz. 
And there, and and I'd say in some places you go, everyone's wearing a mask. In some places you go, like when you get really close to the water, like you're on the water, no one has a mask. But I never wear one, and no one ever enforces it. Not at Whole Foods, not at New Leaf, not at the gas station. I mean, everyone else is wearing them, just not me. But no one ever says anything to me, or they'll say to me, "Hey, do you want a mask?" And I say, "No, thank you." And they go, "Okay." It's so weird. It's so weird that why is everyone complying? It's so weird to me. It is the 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 local governments have put out mandates that are unenforceable. They don't have the staff and the resources to, to, to enforce it. And they're putting the onus on the business with the expectation that the, the business will be ostracized for not enforcing it. Oh, really? Because that's, 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 all, that's, that's the only um, incentive. I think that there is. How have you managed your clients who want, who, who do agree that everyone should be masks. Do you talk, do you try to talk to them or are those just yeah, lost I've, causes? I've got, I've gotten messages from, uh, um, well really only like two or three members that have indicated concern and I have a rational discussion with them to explain it. You know, the choice is, you know, you, know, you cannot come. That's fine. Um, or you can come like, and it's, and it's that easy. And I, and I know that there's, I have members that, you know, didn't return after we opened up out, out indoors and that's okay. And, you know, they can do their stuff at home and, and, um, and, and work out in their garage or work out in their house. Um, I've lost some members. Um, we've lost part of our community because of it. Not a lot, but a few. And then I've, you know, recently had one or two members that have contacted indicating that they wanted to show me their tax cards or they want, and they think that we should be doing that for everybody. Um, no one has said, I want to wear a mask though. Interestingly enough, <laughs> no one is volunteering to put a mask on, which is good. So I've made a little bit of progress. Has anyone apologized to you? Has anyone been like, holy shit, I was totally on board for six months. And then I finally had my eyes opened. I'm so sorry. Um, Thank you for staying true. No, but I've had, you know, even as recent as yesterday, um, I had a, a firefighter um, pull me aside to me that he and his wife who's a nurse are in the thick of things in COVID. Um, she, she works in the hospital with COVID and he says a firefighter. I see it a lot you know, I'm in his department where people get COVID or, you know, when he's out um, on calls and he was out on multiple calls that evening and was in the gym at 10 30. And he said, I just want to let you know, like having this available with the freedom to do it without like thinking about, you know, mass or vaccines or any of that is just, he said it's, it's so good for him mentally. And he's uh, so grateful that we're open and doing, and doing what we're doing. Um, and I was, you know, those, I get that probably once, once or twice a week from our members in our community. I've gotten a, I've gotten a handful and it's increasing, um, of people who say, Hey, I used to follow you and I thought you were crazy. And thank you for not like swerving off the path. Thank you for yeah. even with all the pressure staying. Now I, I, I see it finally. I see what's going on. And it's like, I don't know if I see what's going on, but like, I know when, the, if you're pointing at a giraffe and calling it an elephant, I know something's wrong. And, and, and I just know that like, I don't know why you're doing that, but I know that that's a giraffe. I know it's not an elephant or, or whatever I said. So it, it's, it's, and I know it's hard whenever it, it is. Does it ever get hard for you? Yeah. There's times when it gets hard <laughs> when you're on vacation and you get a text in the middle of the night, you know, from an angry, um, an angry member or someone that doesn't agree with, uh, you know, what you're doing, um, and takes issue with it. Yeah. It's hard. 
Um, and it makes you question what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, one of those things that, you know, I had an exchange with a small business owner that disagrees with our policies and thinks the gym should be dead shut down and anybody can do it at, at, in their house. And, I t- you know, and one of the ways I've resolved it is come take a tour, come walk around, uh, come meet me, come meet me and talk to me personally. And you know that people talk face to face. They don't say what, you know, they, they, they get to they get to know them and understand where they're coming from. I had a, an inspector come, one of the one of the uh, investigators, special. They give you the fines, and he came up and he walked up and he goes, "You know why I'm here?" And I said, "Yeah, I do." I said, "But before you give me the fine," and he had the sheet in his hand. He was just going to give me the fine for being open. I said, "Can you come take a walk around the gym?" And let me tell you what we're doing. And he was the only one that did this out of all the visits I got. And he said, "Yeah," and I was like shit he is he's gonna come in <laughs> okay and i walked him in the the main roll-up garage door so we have 20 foot garage doors you'll see we have 20 foot ceilings i have sixty thousand cubic square feet of air for 14 people that are working out separated by 10 feet and he's looking around and i said you see this the ceiling vents up top i get a pressure air ventilation bringing air up and i said i have fans throughout the gym and we walked into the middle of the gym. There was, it was during open gym, so it was open. And I said, do you, feel the, do you feel the breeze in here? And he said, yeah. I said, that's intentional. I said, our, our, our inside air is like outside air. And I said, and it's worked beautifully. And he looks at Craig, I wasn't here. And he walked. And he literally turned to walk. Wow. He didn't know, know goodbye. And he just walked. And I thought, yes. Leader. <laughs> yeah, that's a dude with integrity. Yeah. Hey, and it's not easy for that guy because he has to do a job to pay, put food on his kid's plate too. It's not easy for that guy. No, no, he got it. And we're, you know, look, I'm intentional. No one, no, and very responsible business owners. There's look, there's, 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 my old man told me this. He was an attorney, but he said, Hey, look, there's, there's great ditch diggers. There's average ditch diggers and there's shitty ditch diggers like in every profession. But it's up to you, the consumer, to decide which one you want to work with. And and that's just life thing we do. And and so, you know, I'd I'd like to think of ourselves as one of the, the good ditch diggers, uh, one of the good gym owners. And there's a lot of them out there. And CrossFit's like comparison to other gyms or are you know, all gyms in general, I think CrossFit gyms are probably they're you know husbands, wives, families that are, you know, starting something they're passionate about. No interest in making people sick. They have no interest in germ spread. They have no interest in COVID being in there. They're going to take steps to, to manage it and take care of it. They're reading. I've like me, I'm passionate. I look at the statistics every day. I'm researching articles. I'm going through this stuff. And we figured it out. And all I want is people to talk to me and, and come see, come meet me. What do you think, and I apologize if this puts you in, in an awkward situation. Well, I, I apologize, but I still want to do it. Um, uh, I come from a lineage of uh, uh, the previous regime from CrossFit HQ where I believe that if Greg were in charge, he would be speaking out um, wildly about it. And it might even be hurting the affiliates. I, I, that's not lost on me. He would be speaking out wildly against um, – defending the free people's freedoms and defending the uh the safety and efficacy of crossfit and basically you know you've heard it the lifeboat we have the cure for the world's most vexing problem and he'd be doubled down on it and we would be just charging full steam ahead as opposed to 
HQ puts out a video the other day with Julie Fouché holding a roundtable discussion about injuries in CrossFit. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's very, and I know I have a bias, but it's very sad for me to watch that, um, we go from someone like Tim Noakes and Zoe Harcomb talking about, talking about, about the, the, being at the front of CrossFit Health to now Julie Fouché talking about injury. I mean, it seems like a mon to me a monumental step backwards. In uh, it, it's just nuts. Why I it, I would like to see someone from CrossFit be taught. And may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't the way to get the best outcome because it's really the outcome that we want. But I'd like right. someone at HQ to be saying, "Hey, CrossFit is the cure for all chronic disease." And if and we we won't we've only had one person die who's an affiliate member, and it was out of Dublin or Dublin. Uh, no, not Dublin. What's that country over there? Um, uh, Belgium, a country, uh, one person die, Italian guy, obese Italian guy who worked out yeah, in Belgium die. And I would just yeah. like to like, this is it. Follow our eating protocol and our movement protocol. Like I'd like someone just to say it from, and instead they're talking about injuries and I want to, I, I I don't know what the end game is. I don't, I don't have contacts there like that, but it seems like complete and, and people are eating this shit up. Not, I, I don't think the smart people are, but, but it scares me that maybe affiliate owners are that like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your your mothership is talking about injury, like it is. Um, what the um, fuck it, is going on? It, my my background in investment and finance it's it's you know it's simple. Greg Glassman was the you know one of one hundred percent ownership and and was willing to in order to make his point. Um, yeah, he was he was willing to take that risk. He he wasn't thinking about the money. He was thinking about the method the the message and the methodology um the new new ownership is has made some amazing progress in terms of service to the affiliates uh, uh products for the affiliates the improvement of affiliate um health but they're doing so and but the actions that they take investors that have an expectation for a return on the investment and so their risk tolerance is is much lower because um, they have um, interests um, in uh, long-term capability of the of the organization to provide a return for the investors. Right. So it's a much right. more conservative approach. However, I will tell you that I, I messaging that they're starting with now it's almost like they're relearning what we already knew. And yeah. I'm seeing a little bit of this in CrossFit in, in general. Like, I feel like we've dropped back to like 2009 and 10 and some messages. The, yeah. the other day, Words of Fitness, you know, made its way around the internet. People were publishing like it's the first time it's ever been, been posted. This is amazing. This is awesome. Hunter Words Fitness. God damn it. That's been out for, for you know, 15, 16 years. And, uh, and so it's like a, it's like we're going back to the, you know, relearning the process. And one of them is, well, Right. And so, you know, I saw that when I saw that gathering of six, seven people, I'm like, oh my God, they're rehashing this. But there's a whole of of people that are doing CrossFit that have, have never seen it, never, never knew. And they just, and they also start thinking CrossFit's dangerous. We, um, what were we, you know, at our, at our gym, we've, you know, with, with a four to five rate in a CrossFit affiliate gym, you're going to turn over the entire client base 
within a within a two year period of time, maybe two and a half year period of time. And we got a lot of new people that are coming in and have never been exposed to any of this. And so it's it's almost like we gotta we gotta start the, the the learning curve again. Okay, this is what CrossFit is dangerous. This is why we're you know we're curing people's health and curing chronic or curing chronic disease and making people healthier. It's 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 a natural cycle. We can't I've, continue where we can't continue where we left off. I think Greg addressed it very very strongly, poignantly, and accurately it, with the. With the goal of increasing your cardiovascular health, you have to take some risk for orthopedic calamity. That's almost verbatim to what he said. And it's like, and if you can't fucking see yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, any, any sport. Any, getting off the couch. Last night in the middle of the night. So every night when I go, my kids' bedrooms are on one side of the house and my bedroom's completely on the other side of the house. And every night when I, the last thing I do, I go to, before I go to bed is I clear the pathway between my bedroom and their bedroom. No stools in the kitchen, no plastic tiles out that they've played with, no like whole character figures. I make sure that that path is clear. The last thing I do, and 99% of the time it's already clear. Last night I did it and I thought it was clear. Well, last night at 4.30 in the morning, I hear someone crying. And it was my, one of my sons was coming to my bedroom for his fucking 430 in the morning walk to see mama. And he fucking stubbed his toe on a stool. There is risk, people. Yeah. When you get out of bed and you walk, there's risk. And like how much risk are you willing to take? And you know what? You can just go to your CrossFit gym and you can tell your fucking coach, I'm super duper risk averse. Make everything super fu- – or uh, is that the word? Risk averse? I'm a pussy. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, make everything super easy and safe for me. Double down on and the, and your coach will do it. Yep, they're they're brilliant people. The yeah, gyms yeah. and if your coach won't do it, just go to the gym down the street. That's right. Go to a different CrossFit gym. Go to a different CrossFit gym. They're going to do it for you. There's no yeah. there's no there's no risk that's not worth taking at a CrossFit gym. And 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 a lot of it's on you too. You just have to you have to be. It's okay to say no. It's okay just to tell your to be like, hey, I don't want to do I don't want to do jumping jacks. I hurt myself in the third grade doing jumping jacks. What else can I do? It's okay. Just it say it. Stand tr- up for yourself. It is it is one of the troubling things I see in society is the assumption that that if I start working out or I start doing a certain exercise, I'm gonna get injured and it's the fear of injury. But it's the you know, I two years ago I had my neighbor came over to my house, knocked to my door to help me to have me come help him lift his wife off the toilet. She was having a dementia episode and was stuck and he couldn't lift her off the toilet. Like how, <laughs> I never want that to, to be me, obviously sitting on his head, but I also don't want to be in a position where I can't help lift my off the floor. Like it's just would be in, and, and I just to think about that, like, you know, he, you know, That's he has a great no story. idea how to lift. It's literally just you know how you stand and how you hold someone. You will learn those things. You, you'll you're not only will you be stronger, but we'll show you how to do that lift effectively so that you don't thing that person off the floor or helping them up or My, you know, m- picking one of your kids up. Could be, could you imagine not being able to pick up both? You know, your, all of your kids. I bet I guarantee. I bet you could pick up all of your kids and carry them. You know, I can. Yeah. I can. Uh, I'll take so my mom. My mom's a CrossFitter, and she works out at um, Annie Sakamoto's gym at CrossFit. CrossFit West, CrossFit West, right? 
Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. For she was at Hollis Malloy's gym. She was at CrossFit at Aptos, I think, for a while. And she's been at Annie's gym. My mom likes going to all the gyms. But right now she's at Annie's gym. And um, so uh, I don't know, a year and my mom's 77. And I'd say about a year ago, she had um, what's that called when everything starts spinning for you? Vertigo. She had vertigo. I guess you have these little tiny things, these little like sand pebbles that float around in your ear that makes make it so you know up from down and left from right. And yeah, yeah. your equilib- yeah. equilibrium. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's a common thing. Yeah. And so her one of her sand pebbles got pushed out of the it was in the wrong canal in her ear and so she was basically spinning for three days and so i had to go to her i i basically went to back and forth to her house every six hours helped her to the bathroom helped her to the shower you just got to wait till it goes away but if i didn't crossfit and my mom didn't crossfit that would have been a son of a bitch i probably would have had to call like an ambulance like if my mom or if my mom was instead of weighing 100 pounds my mom's 411 or five feet tall if my mom would have been 100 pounds overweight it wouldn't have mattered if i did crossfit i couldn't have done it and so because my mom does CrossFit, because I do CrossFit, after three days of this shit, it just, you know, it, it goes away and, and she's back in the gym. You know, you go back to the gym and you live your life. But, I mean, you, you, you're basically built like, you know, we all know you're building a hedge against those days. And, and, you've, and, you've, and you've unburdened the, the health care system. Yes. You, you, that otherwise taxpayers would have paid for, for to have yes. someone come out, take them, carry them, to, you know, nurse them, all of those things. And the first time it happened, my mom did call an ambulance. She panicked 10 years ago or whenever the first time it happened. And now it doesn't because she, she's in shape. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's, but, but you can't say that. (laughs) Getting people upset. All the people around you who are healthy and who are taking care of themselves, we should thank them all. Yeah. We should thank them all because what they're doing, you know, they say, oh, shit. It goes back to this whole thing. They're saying that the people who aren't taking the injections are selfish. Let me tell you who the really selfish ones. The selfish ones are the ones who want us to take the injection so that you can keep eating a loaf of bread, 20 Twinkies, and a 12-pack of Coke every day. Right. And, 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 and you want us to take an injection so you can continue that lifestyle. That's called codependency, by the way. As a parent, you can't do that. You can't be a codependent. Right. Craig, thank you. Yeah. I know we, we I know we had you called you last minute. What an yeah, amazing job right. you're doing! Congrats on your gym. Your Instagram's awesome. You. Your motivation to to all uh, the affiliates. If I get enough viewers for you on this, but uh, yeah, I enjoy it. No, I'm passionate about it, I, and I enjoy the fight. And uh, and look, it's for the branding and the image of fitness in general and CrossFit uh, most of all. So, um, uh, a guy named Ton Guerin gave ten dollars and says, "Can't tell you how pumped I am for this. Keep fighting the good fight." And Olson dudes gave ten dollars. That's twenty dollars. So you just said you hope you get enough viewers for me. That twenty dollars will pay for my kids' jujitsu class tomorrow. So you've done your part. <laughs> Dude, that's you, awesome. you once again have done your charity work for the for the day. Hey, uh, seriously, you. if the what you're doing is crazy, it takes balls. Likewise, sir. Thank yeah. you. And I love you, man. Thank you. Love you too. Yeah. Are you gonna have you? Are you going to work now? Um, right now, no. I got. I just got a note from my wife. To, the dogs have to go to the groomers. 